Good morning, Al. Hey, good morning. Uh, Yo-yo weather. Yeah, it kind of is. It's been roller coaster feel. I feel like the most of the winter. Yeah. Well, it's you know we can see the we can see the end of that tunnel. I hope uh, so. March is always. I I like March. You just it's uh, Forrest Gump like his chocolate candy. You know, you never know what you're going to get, and that's uh, that's what March is. I um, I want to thank the Moore County Farmers Mutual in uh, Austin and uh, Gold Finch Estates in Fairmont for letting me babble to them. I on the Nye Center. It's a Lesueur County Park out towards Henderson. If folks are interested in learning more about maple syruping, on March 16th and March 25th, they're going to have a maple syrup class. And this may be the best part. It'll include taste testing. And uh, I think there's like a $3 charge or something. But if you go online and just nigh, and nigh is N-E-Y center, it's fun to watch people do maple syruping, and you actually get to participate in it a little bit. And also thanks to the new Prague Rotary Club for providing trail signs out there at the Nye Center. It's a, a glorious place. In the wild kingdom of my yard here, not to be confused with Mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom, I watch the comings and goings of the birds at my feeders, and the weather has been variable, as Karen just said, but I, I can depend on the squirrels, and I'm glad to have them in my yard. A friend bemoaned the price <laughs> of Niger seed, and I advise him to do what I've done and put out a tip jar by the feeder <laughs> and see how that works for him. Uh, my birthday is in March when I was a sapling. March was our snowiest month, and I could count on a storm during the state high school tournaments and when my birthday party was supposed to be. Now, depending on who you consult and where you live in the state, March falls behind December, January, and February in snowfall. Look for pussy willows. Pussy willows are a native they're native shrubs or small trees, and usually you find them in wetlands and swamps. They grow 10 to 20 feet high with multiple trunks, and the plant is host to the viceroy butterfly whose caterpillar feeds on it. And I have, oh, I've read all kinds of different things uh, saying there's 17 willows, and there are 20 willow species. I'm going to go with 18. I'm going to go with 18 willow species in Minnesota. But it's a pussy willow, I think, that's the first to break dormancy in flower in March. And the flower buds are brown with silver to white hairs poking out like cat fur. The entire flower structure, which lacks petals, and some might say, well, those are really petals, but if they're... They, you don't, if they are petals, you sure wouldn't say, boy, look at the petals on that flower. They are known as catkins, and that's derived from an obsolete Dutch word for kitten. And oh. any willow with furry flower clusters is likely to be considered a pussy willow. So we're going to find pussy willows that aren't actual pussy willows. Uh, willows are dioecious. And that means the male and female flowers are on separate plants. And the story goes, a willow tree 
heard a mother cat crying because her kittens were drowning in a river. And the willow tree swept its graceful branches into the water and rescued the kittens who grabbed onto the branches until they were brought safely to shore. And each springtime since, the willow branches sprout tiny fur-like buds at spots where the tiny kittens had once clung. We always knew it was spring when my dad would, at the back 40, he'd go down, check the, you know, just check the, see how the crops or the the field was doing in the spring. And he'd bring back a big handful of of, uh, pussy willows that he'd cut with his jackknife and and we'd have those. So I always knew that was the harbinger of spring. And then he'd always say, let's go down and look at the, what is it, the the marsh marigolds, the cowslips he used to call them. Let's go check those. That was our other thing that we knew that springtime had come. Yeah, and they were always cowslips for me. We'd go out and look at the cowslips. And, mm-hmm. of course, some folks in certain parts here have skunk cabbage that they can enjoy during this uh, springtime of the year, too. And uh, the skunk cabbage does smell somewhat like skunk. It's not, a, it's not an alluring odor for most of us. Is it invasive, skunk cabbage? I guess I don't, I, I think I've smelled it before, but is that one of those things you don't want or doesn't, it's just annoying? I, I, I've not heard that it's invasive. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. Uh, I remember I was out in northern Wisconsin a couple years ago and went for a walk. Uh, they had all the wooded trail system because it was kind of a wetland area and walking along there and there was skunk cabbage just everywhere and it was so great to see it all. Another thing we can look for are shed antlers. So white-tailed deer bucks drop their antlers anywhere from probably December into mid-March. And some years stress, and they have stress from deep snow, severe cold, hunger. That could rush the process. So if you're a, a buck, you're saying, boy, I don't need these antlers. I got enough other problems. So <laughs> the, the body works wondrous ways and has it drop those uh, edges of fields where the deer feed along well-traveled trails uh, southern exposures of bedding areas are good places to look for dropped antlers uh, the whitetail rut or breeding season around here runs from what early october to late december maybe and may is the month when most fawns are born so we go the state goes from having the least deer it has during the year to having the most deer it has in the year in May. Uh, Carol Crosby. Carol lives in uh, Janesville. She sent me photos of white wing crossbills. Uh, the one, uh, the male white wing is a red finch, has bold white wing bars. The females are yellowish. And the bird has these crisscross bills and they use those to separate the scales on a pine cone and extract the seeds and carol wrote last winter one oregon junco was in the yard chip my husband says that he will get me a grain bin for bird food because i have 17 bird feeders sometimes i can get real work done but it's hard sometimes i understand fully carol uh, Gunner Berg of Albert Lee said we finally had a handful of red poles show up a couple weeks ago. Then a couple days ago, spring was in the air, and they apparently caught a southern zephyr during the night and headed for home. Then yesterday, this little fellow in a striped vest, black goatee, and red beret showed up. Another crossbill. Also, our siskin and even goldfinch numbers have collapsed a bit, which is okay. 
We're going through a large bag of Niger thistle seed every two days. I did notice that the President's State of the Union speech didn't mention the runaway cost of Niger thistle seed. <laughs> uh, again, uh, try what I have. As I mentioned earlier, Gunner put out a tip jar. Uh, Neil Batts had a big flock of robins on March 5th. Paul Schwab of Owatonna, wonderful fella. Uh, we visited a little bit about cream or milk on uh, bread, and Paul said, my grandfather came to this country from Austria in 1912. He made what he called schlicker milk, and I had to look schlicker up to make sure it was an appropriate word, because <laughs> you never know about grandpas. And uh, Paul said he'd let milk sit out until however many days it took to get it curdly. Ugh. Then break bread into pieces, mix it together, and eat it. Yikes, he didn't like store-bought milk. It didn't curdle right, maybe because it was pasteurized. Mm. Um, thanks, Paul, and best wishes to uh, your daughter, Jennifer, who is uh, battling cancer, and she's going to win. Uh, Ken Kuttner had a nice talk with Ken yesterday. He's from Stewart, Minnesota. Said lots of red poles, purple finches, house finches, and gold finches. Said the best thing he ever did with feeding was to go with hold sunflowers. So that's the, uh, he said it's just not messy and he just loves the stuff. And he said, I seem to be getting more birds, especially the little ones, because they don't have to chop their way through those hulls. Uh, Rita Grandson said at Clear Lake, and uh, boy, we all get near Clear Lake, Mason City, Clear Lake, Iowa area. She counted 16 species of ducks plus coots. She said there were several thousand white-fronted geese. A lot of folks might know them as speckled bellies because that was their nickname, at least when I was growing up. Uh, there are a few snow geese, trumpeter geese, and thousands of Canada geese on the lake. Uh, Don in Cannon Falls says, uh, asked if I'd seen any sandhill cranes flying north yet. I have not, Don. I've heard from a number of people down in Iowa, uh, in northern Iowa, who have seen them. Uh, one called and said I saw three of them flying over. So maybe today they should be out there. And I should ask Karen Wright about her backyard duck couple. Well, yeah, I was wondering, you know, for several years... I um, we've had this duck couple, and I, I think maybe they're the same ones, but I don't know. But they come back year after year, and we've got a little pond in the back, as you know. And so they were out there again. It was yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before in the yard. They were about 20 feet apart. The female was kind of squatting, just sitting, and the male was about 20 feet away. And he was, you know, like we talk about people when they're driving past an accident and they're rubber neckers and they kind of like their necks go bobbing up and down and up and down. Well, he was standing there forever, just his necks bobbing up and down, up and down like a, you know like he was a, a bobblehead or something and Jeff says I think he's I think he's doing a duck dance for mating and I said well I'll, he says you'll have to ask Al Bat about that and I just thought it was the weirdest thing but he was like I said about 20 20 feet away or so and she was just sitting there kind of just you know with her, her back kind of looking over her shoulder at him not doing anything and he just kept bobbing like a bobblehead up and down so what in the world was that yeah, it's pretty much, I think, as you explained it, he is uh, certainly courting her, and uh, <laughs> they're looking at at nest sites. And I remember reading something in one of the duck uh, publications. Uh, there's quite a few of them that are uh, publications that are 
just uh, aimed strictly at ducks and geese. And it was saying that 75% of canvasback females have nest fidelity, so they'll come back to the same place. And I'm guessing maybe the 25% that don't didn't have good luck. Maybe they lost their their young or something, so maybe they go somewhere else. But 75% of these canvasbacks were coming back to the same place. And if there's a female, she comes back, there will be males there. So she's probably the same one, ah. and chances are, are good that he's the same one, although, you know, something could have happened to him and some other drake has showed up to take a place. Well, it, it other- used to bother me when they were there because I'd have fish, and I was always worried they'd try and take my little, my little koi fish, but since I don't... Uh, stock the pond anymore because it's kind of well it kind of leaks so I don't really do it anymore but I'm just wondering number one there's water there and so do they generally like to to build the nest by the pond do they hide in the trees I guess I've never actually ever found it I just know that they're there every year yeah it makes uh, life a little bit easier for them if they have water there but oh you know they're in people's yard in the flower boxes and they just end up in places that for reasons known only to them where they feel secure and i think sometimes they feel pretty secure around us Mm. because we probably scare away a lot of predators (laughs) so they they don't like us but they still like nesting around us because it's just uh, easier for them and they will eat fish people don't think of mallards i guess as fish eating ducks but they certainly will eat them they will eat pretty much anything and when they're in the breeding season they go with pretty much an animal diet of one kind or another preponderance of animal diet where insects and whatever they can find out there do they like slugs do they like slugs because if they do i want them there I'm sure they will eat okay. luck, okay. yes. All right. And during the winter here, of course, when they're around, they go a little bit more with um, grain, cereal grains, you know, corn, whatever they can find out in the field. So they go a little bit more that way. But there's a really good chance that it, uh, it could be the same ducks or the same duck with a, a different mate. But uh, if things work out well for nesting and they feel secure there and things just, uh, they raised a good family, they will come back. And there's all kinds of stories. There's one, uh, oh, I was in St. Cloud at, uh, I went into a Barnes & Noble bookstore there and I came out and they have one of those concrete flower pots, those huge things where they're growing plants. And there was a female mallard in there right by the front door going into that bookstore. People walking by all the time. And I don't think anybody noticed her. She was in the kind of the brownish grass and a brown duck, and she just hunkered down in there. And um, she, uh, it was really cool. I had to bother her to take one photo of her before I got out of there. And I, I told her I won't tell anybody that I see that where you are. And she seemed all right with that. So it's neat that you see them again. And uh, I, I like mallards. You know, the drakes are kind of cads, but <laughs> there's, there's few things cuter than baby ducks ducklings are just i guess the word precious was probably made for things like baby ducks They're just wonderful uh, just heard from a friend uh, who was in des moines this past weekend and she said she saw a turkey vulture flying around down there so they are coming this way also 
Uh, Luke Hollander saw white wing crossbills in Mauer County. Dave Bartke, a pied-billed grebe in Steele County. There you go. Brian Smith saw a sandhill crane in Nicollet County, Don. So uh, they're in Nicollet County, so not very far away. And I'm sure they're elsewhere here. I just haven't been out today to look at any of them. Uh, Brian also saw a hoary red pole in Blue Earth County. Andrew Nihus saw a sharp-shinned hawk in Sibley County, and Bob Williams saw an eastern screech owl in Lesseur County. Uh, listener Karen asks, why do the trees in my yard have an area clear of any snow circling the base of their trunks? Hmm. I notice this happening, annual happening, most often on deciduous trees because conifers shield their trunks from some of the sunlight because they have all the needles and things. But when the sun shines, a dark-colored tree absorbs more heat than the surrounding snow. So the bark of trees, it soaks up the solar rays with the ensuing warmth melting the surrounding snow. And you can also see this uh, if you get the right amount of snow and in utility poles and fence posts at the base of those that this happens. And a listener said, Al, when do I get to see my first chipmunk of the year? On average, I see mine during the first week of March, and I don't think I saw one during the first week, and now we're on the 8th, and I just go by the date, so I think the 8th is the second week, which I know in the calendar is just a, is not, but it's um, I that's when I usually see them. And each, I enjoy the company of chipmunks. I can't help but think of Chip, Dale, Alvin, Simon, and Theodore when I see one. But the little buggers love tomato juice, and they chew holes in the bottoms of my garden tomatoes so they can drink their fill. But I guess it's a small price to pay to have them around. But, oh, you know how we are with tomatoes, and especially when the first ones come, you just kind of nursing them along, and you think, oh, man, another day. And then I go out there, and here's a little, they've been chewing on the bottom and just lapping it up. And I, they, it's still edible. I just cut off <laughs> the part that has chipmunk spit on it. Ugh. But they are they're such cute little guys. They just, and I, I know they're they're up to something because, well, they're chipmunks and they're always up to something. But it's fun fun seeing them around. Uh, I got this from a couple listeners. How can I tell if the robins in my yard in March now are overwintering birds or have migrated in from the south? Uh, great question. Boy, I wish I had a better answer. Differentiating the two can be somewhere between difficult and impossible. Some people think the new robins are a bit more flighty, but I'm I'm not sure that's a completely dependable clue. Male robins arrive on their breeding grounds days to weeks before the females, and male robins have dark black heads and bright orange breasts compared to the females. A female's plumage appears faded and drab and a male returns early because he wants to secure a good territory and to guard it against other robins the female has little need to return early and she can afford to wait for favorable conditions well does he build the nest then for her before they get there no. Oh, he's no. lazy would, too, huh? Yeah. Wouldn't oh. that be, it would be nice of him. But you know what would happen? She'd look at it and say, you know, that's <laughs> not that's good not enough. going to work. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have, we can't 
number one, we can't be there in that location. And where did you get the mud? So <laughs> she would probably build her own. She needs a good supply of mud to build her nest. But mm. it's she has to think about it. If she builds it too early, then we get these hard frosts. That could weaken the nest. And if the weather turns really nasty and she runs low or maybe she runs out of food, it could make it difficult for her to produce eggs. Uh, male robins, Turdus migratorius, which just means pretty much migrating thrush, intending to remain in your area, in your yard, will sing territorial songs. Robins passing through occasionally sing, but not as frequently. Winter and migratory behaviors include flying and feeding in flocks, eating fruit, maintaining a peaceful coexistence. They just all get along. Spring behaviors, singing, they don't get along so well. Territorial battles, eating worms, running on lawns, and carrying nesting materials. So it's just right around the corner there with robins. Uh, they... You know, they, they're not a true harbinger of spring by any means because we have a lot of them that spend winter here. But I think when the wintering or the migrating flocks come in, that's still a, a it's a spring sign because I want all the spring signs I can find, and uh, that works for me. And as my mom and a lot of your parents or grandparents said, uh, the robins, the first robins, need three snows on their tail before it's truly spring. And most years, uh, some years they get more than that, but uh, they typically get some snow on that. So we can't say, boy, the weather's going to be beautiful from now on, because we know better. I want to know when they're going to start eating the uh, crab apples and things on the trees that that get a little sour and then they get kind of drunk that's always funny to watch when they when they eat those because yeah. they freeze and they i think you know get a little spoiled fermented or whatever and then you see them yeah. and sometimes they act a little goofy when does that usually happen it should happen any time, oh, okay. I would think. Uh, cedar waxwings also, uh, yes. that happens to them, too. It's uh, I, oh, Speaking of cedar waxwings, I heard from somebody who said, I was in northern Minnesota in January, Alan, I saw some waxwings. How can I tell which species they are? A bohemian waxwing, which is just a great name. A bohemian waxwing has a reddish tinge on its face, and it's grayer overall than a cedar waxwing. And a bohemian has chestnut coloring under the tail, while a cedar waxwing has white. Uh, bohemian waxwings have yellow and white wing markings. Those are lacking on cedars. And where we are here in uh, God's country is uh, we see cedar waxwings. Have we ever seen bohemians? You know, anything's possible, so sure. But uh, for the most part, we get cedar waxwings here. Hmm. The, um, I just, pardon the pause here. I just got a text from somebody who wants to ask a question. It says, uh, I'm a turkey hunter. Do wild turkeys re-nest? I just saw more, uh, I don't know how many was in that flock. It was from one wooded uh, oak area to the next in the whole field. There was just a long line of wild turkeys in there. <laughs> it was in an area where it was hard to count. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't pull over. And I'm sure there was a 120 of them anyway. Wow. And then there was probably, uh, who knows how many were in the trees on both ends. So uh, there was a lot of them. 
Uh, hands that lose their clutches to predation, human disturbance, or weather events will often renest. Okay. So uh, I don't think we have to worry about wild turkeys very much. They seem to be doing really, really well. Although, and, wasn't there a time when there were not very many left? Because I remember way back, I don't remember the years anymore, but when they actually came and repopulated the area with wild turkeys in my on my folks' farm in Wisconsin, because so, you never really saw them, and then all of a sudden they were out putting them everywhere, and I think that's now there's a lot of them. Is that, was that the case? Yeah, it was, and I remember going to, and I can't remember what the group was called. It was a working group and uh, to bring the turkeys back, and we had a lot of... Uh, we had a lot of overhead projections on the on the screen, and they were oh showing how far north turkeys could possibly nest because if there was so much snow cover, they wouldn't uh, go north. If there was so much uh, cold in the winter, they wouldn't be able to survive north. Oh. Most of those. Uh, proved untrue. Man, they are far north and mm -hmm. they're just prospering everywhere. So I think they've done better than the wildest hopes and dreams of the folks that uh, brought them back here to repopulate the area with wild turkeys. Uh, are just... they native then, the the turkeys? Yeah. Okay. Yep, they are. And there was some argument about that also as to what part of Minnesota they were native too. So, uh, oh, you know, you get up, you get a lot of the old pioneer uh, diaries and things. People would read things in there, but sometimes it's hard because they called things by different names, oh. and it just uh, is hard to get. You can find things out, but I don't know that everything's factual. Not that they're lying in those old diaries, because I don't know if they had time to lie when they were <laughs> writing those things out. But there was just uh, different ideas, and there was a lot of, well, neighbor Harry said he'd seen some, so it wasn't actual. But they are native, but they, uh, the areas where they're native is still uh, still people can still speculate as to where they were initially but i i can't go a day without without seeing them and i want to say when reintroduction was was that in the 70s it was quite a, a while time, ago yeah, and I, I'm remember. I remember thinking yeah. it was just an odd thing because on the farm they're like oh they're gonna put turkeys i'm like oh turkeys that's a weird thing so yeah back then it was kind of unusual to to see that hey al uh, we got a note from uh text from our friend don in cannon falls he says has al bat seen any sandhill cranes flying north yet so i wanted to make sure to get that in before we're, we're done here sure and i have not uh, brian smith seeing them in nicolet so it's oh. uh they're out there i'm sure i just haven't seen one yet don so i am uh tied up today with uh on the seeing the wonderful folks at the clinic and that sort of thing so don uh get out there and see a sandy oak crane for me i think maybe i'll see one on my drives here and there i have that and then we have our annual township meeting that happens this time every year where we decide how much our taxes are going to be and everything so we got that today so it'll be i'll be mostly uh, indoors and probably won't get a chance to see them but uh, i'll bet you will see one for me don uh thanks thanks everybody for sitting on the front porch with me you know i was in fayette it's a lovely city in northwest Iowa. It's got a population of 1,256 people. I didn't meet them all, 
but the, I would say that was pretty accurate. And the Volga River, V-O-L-G-A, winds its way through town. It has a college, Upper Iowa, but no high school. And we were uh, early for a basketball game, so I parked in front of a thrift store, and in we went. It was going into a thrift store is like being transported back in time by a time machine. And I enjoy thrift stores, and there's an odd comfort to the stuffed attic smell many thrift <laughs> stores have. It's not an offensive smell. It's just it smells like where you, you keep your stuff. And this store was staffed by friendly ladies and exhibited many items that would have been definite upgrades to what I own. The store offered many electrical devices capable of flashing 12 o'clock clothes, including shirts with someone else's name on them, macrame projects, knickknacks, curios, doodads, chotskis, bowling trophies, and books. I couldn't find a book... <clears throat> that float in my boat despite my shopping model. My shopping model is it's 50 cents, take a chance. <laughs> my, my fussiness was influenced by the towering piles of books in need of reading here at home. And, oh, speaking of 50 cent, I saw one of his CDs available for only, no, that would have been too good. It was $1, <laughs> only $1. And I passed on it without a second thought. My son bought remarkable to him CDs and my wife found a few baubles in our basketball team won. Life was good. I hope each of you has a day that happy. Remember Heartland as well. We're driving past. Thanks for listening. Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Thank you Karen as always for your remarkable company. I appreciate it. Hey thank you Al. You have a great rest of your day and uh, 